Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me down the King Power Stadium today is Jordan Blackwell. Afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon, Jordan. Uh, we've been meeting Brendan Rogers, Leicester City manager, today uh, to preview the trip to West Ham United on Easter Saturday. Um, we're going to get to the travel problems uh, towards the end of this podcast, but uh, in the usual fashion, Jordan, we'll kick off with the team news. Yes, uh, and again, it's all good. Um, the big news is that Albrighton is ready to start. He's not ready to complete 90 minutes, Roger said, but he is ready to start. He said he could probably play 60 to 65 minutes, and obviously that gives Rogers a, a selection di- dilemma uh, of sorts. Uh, will Albrighton come in for maybe Gray or Barnes? You would probably say Gray is the is the one that, that should feel the most pressure in terms of his um, starting place. Uh, and beyond that, there's no fresh injuries. Um, so it's a, a pretty much a full fit, uh, fully fit squad. Only Amate and Matty James are the, the only two uh, unavailable. Yeah, let's talk about um, Gray because um, I know uh, our colleague Jamie Kemble did a little, an analysis of uh, Damari um, earlier in the week. Um, he started regularly under uh, Brendan, hasn't he? But hasn't really had the impact that many people would uh, hope for. He's certainly got talent. We see it. We see glimpses of it. Um, we've seen it throughout the season. These little flashes of his potential, but he's not really been doing it on a consistent level. I think he's one assist this season, four goals. Um, I think Jamie said he had a key pass ratio of 0.5 per game, which isn't yeah. great. And that's why probably Michael Brighton's return might come at Damari's expense. Yes, I think so. I think you would when with the winger you you want creative output that's one of the the jobs that they're there for um and you don't get that enough from from gray i would say uh i think he gets himself in positions to to create chances i mean we saw um not so much against newcastle but against huddersfield the week before when he runs at defenders he scares the life out of them he runs with pace and he's got ability yeah, so. yeah and he just he just glides away from people and it, but it just feels like he doesn't do that often enough um it feels like he's he stops the ball a little bit too often. Um, maybe wants to 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 pass. Whereas, you know, if he can see some space and you know he's confident enough to attack, attack that space, then he can get you know he can get some momentum going. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's the output that that's not there. Um, and while you would say in terms of pure talent, you would say Gray has more than than All Brighton. Um, you would say on an output basis, you would say All Brighton. Gives you more options, um, gives you more quality, gets more quality into the box, finds his man. Um, obviously, not as quick, uh, and probably I think if you were a fullback, I think you'd probably prefer to play against All Brighton. But as as although if your job as a fullback is to stop crosses getting in the box, yeah, Michael Brighton is difficult character. He won't take you on and embarrass you. But what he will do is get the ball out his feet and whip the ball in early before you've got over to close him down. And so it's very hard to stop the supply line. Yeah, I think as a as a former Sunday League fullback, I would then blame the central defenders if they didn't get ahead on the ball. But yes, I think yes, you need if you as, as a fullback closing down Michael Bright, you would need to close him down quickly and stop the crosses. Whereas Gray, maybe you'd want to hang back. You don't want to get too close for him to knock it by you and go. Um, it's certainly an interesting one because because obviously there is a contrast in in styles. But I think Rogers might go for it. I think. This is the sort of game he would, um, because of the difficulty of Leicester's final few fixtures, I think West Ham is the, the sort of game that 
you could bring all Brighton in for his first start back in a, in a few months. And what, what other changes could we possibly see? Johnny Evans? Yeah, I think the Johnny Evans for Wes Morgan is the possibility. I think Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire established themselves as Rogers' first choice centre-back partnership and then obviously Maguire got suspended and then Johnny Evans got injured. Um, last week, Evans was had just come back from an injury and I think that's possibly why he was on the bench and Morgan and Maguire played together. Um Obviously, I think Morgan had a, a pretty decent game, but he was beaten by Yosi Perez uh, for Newcastle's goal. Um, so maybe interesting to see whether Evans comes back. I would say Evans is probably Leicester's best defender, um, so I would like to see him come back in. Uh, I yes, I'll go for it. I think Rogers will, will bring Evans back in and, and play him alongside Maguire. So we think two changes to the side that lost against uh, Newcastle now. That game was seen as an opportunity because it was played on a Friday night to um, cement Leicester City's hold on on uh, on seventh to put more pressure on Watford and all the other rivals for the race for seventh. Which doesn't sound particularly exciting, but potentially could be good enough for Europa League football uh, and an early start to next season. Uh, if Man City win the FA Cup, of course, if they don't win the FA Cup final against Watford. It all means nothing, but um, still. Uh, but there's a number of teams now because they all lost. Last weekend, yeah. City lost against on the Friday night. Then all their rivals lost as well, so they remain in seventh. Even West Ham, who they visit on Saturday, are only five points behind now. Although you'd say they were real outsiders for it with five points as two wins, but you never know with sides dropping points so late in this in season. But uh, Rogers said a couple of things particularly interesting. I thought t- today about the race for seventh. Um, one, he said it might have, it might come too soon for Leicester City, a season too soon. And it also, he said, uh, it seems like nobody really wants it. Does anybody want Europa League qualification? I can see why teams might not want it, because in terms of, certainly in terms of Rodgers, because he, he seems to express that because they're building something, having a European campaign, a Europa League campaign, gets in the way of building that something. Um Rogers' ultimate aim is to get Leicester into the top six, and, may, and if you're trying to get into the top six, then you're trying to get into the Champions League places. You would say it's more difficult to do that if you've got other commitments um, elsewhere. But I think if you're going to finish in the Europa League, this is the season to do it because there's no summer tournament this year. Uh, obviously, Leicester would have to start. If Leicester did end up finishing seventh and did qualify, they would have to start their season on 25th of July. Uh, if that was in a uh, say that was next summer uh, after the after Euro twenty twenty, then you're going to have problems with players being away. But this summer that shouldn't be a it's problem. It's just the under twenty ones European yeah, Championships that would probably take up a couple of the lads, wouldn't it? But nothing major. Yeah, and that, that the Nations t- League as well, two two lads. But they fi- but they finish earlier. They normally finish yeah. by the end of June. The Euros sometimes carries over into July. So um, yeah, that might that might be a problem. But yeah, I can see why teams might. Um, might not want it. I think there's a. Roger said today he was asked specifically, which I thought was a good question, whether getting into the Europa League uh, would harm Leicester's chances of, of breaking into the top six. And he said there are arguments for and against, which perhaps suggests his thoughts on it. Perhaps he's not totally behind it, but he did say they want to finish as high as possible. And if they do finish seventh and, and get the Europa League place, they will embrace the challenges that that brings. I think. Every single Leicester fan probably wants it. Um, I think we, particularly on a day like today, when I think it's the anniversary of the the quarter-final second leg against Atletico Madrid and the memories that that brings back, I think 
European nights, uh, you know, are what fans really want to see uh, back at Leicester. So uh, yes, I hope I hope Leicester do go for it, and that Rogers saying these things doesn't you know psychologically sort of affect the players' uh, motivation. Um, but yeah, like you say, it really could be anyone's because teams don't seem to teams seem to be sli- slipping up. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's a, an opportunity there for them. But it's a t- tough running for City, isn't it? I mean, after West Ham away, you've got Arsenal at home on a game on a day which could change mm-hmm. depending on Arsenal's progress in Europa League. Then Man City away, and now smarting after their Champions League exit, uh, and Chelsea at home who could be striving for the for the top four. So. Man City going for the title as well, so it's going to be um, a tough, tough running. But uh, he's described the defeat at Newcastle, which we sort of expected a, a game that City should get points out of if they are going to realistically challenge for Europe, European football. Uh, but he said it was interesting to watch that performance because it not only does it, it tell him a little bit more about his team, but also what areas he needs to strengthen it. And he's identified one particular area, hasn't he? That um, he he highlighted today because he was being asked about it, and that was about the speed of the their play. Yes, I think he seemed to suggest that there is a the first half against Newcastle he was particularly disappointed about because he said they were less his players were too ponderous on the ball, um, and he says that they need to understand the difference between being patient with the ball and being slow on the ball. Being patient is fine, being slow is not, um, and he said that in terms of. The players that he might look to bring in to help his team, they need to be quick on the ball. Not necessarily quick as in Jamie Vardy, fast, you know, hundred meters over hundred meters, but actually maybe their football brain, um, the way they get up, the way they get away passes, you know, thinking two or three steps ahead, that kind of speed. Um, and so I think that it gives a little bit of insight into the sort of players Leicester might be looking at in the summer. I would say Yuri Tielemans probably fits that. Mm-hmm. That, that profile um, and I think we can expect Leicester to be in for uh, for the Monaco Loney uh, so yeah that's, I think that's quite interesting I think it's clear that that Rogers has an you know he's only been six games after all but he has an, a very good idea a very specific idea of a of a player he wants you know to have that ability to maybe see things a few steps ahead um, which is good I think I think that he's that he's been able to to pinpoint that with six Game, after six games, shows that he's um you know he's he's already thinking about the summer. I think wide player as well might be an, an option for him. Yeah, Tielemans certainly a central midfield player that can move the ball quickly. But I think he, he's he's looking for somebody who can play or offer something a little bit different in a wide position as well. Somebody who's just as um, effective coming inside as they are going outside. Because Michael uh, Michael Brighton, Damari Gray, Harvey Barnes, you would say all three are traditional wide players in that they like to beat the full back and get a ball in um, but Mares, Rian Mares, who could drift in and do whatever and at shot from the, uh, shoot from the edge of the box he can, he's a bit of a, a, you know, an unpredictable character I think he might be looking for that sort of player as well but I don't think he's going to get one cheap that's for sure No, no, I think, I think you're right I think there's a, there is a lack of that at, at Leicester since Mares left um, and it's a it's, it's tricky because I think if you get if you get a reputation for doing that all the time, then you kind of lose that ability as well. I mean, it's only like Iron Robin. I know he's the he's really the only player that that has a reputation for cutting in all the time, but is still able to do it because defenders can't work it out. Um, but I think you have to have the ability to to do both to go down the line and, and get to the byline or to cut inside. 
So to find a player with the ability to do both and surprise the defenders, uh, yeah, they're going to cost a lot of money because they're going to need to have, as we mentioned before, they're going to need to have that output that perhaps Demario Gray doesn't have with assists and with goals. Um, so yes, that, those are the sorts of players that that cost you upwards of thirty million. I would say. Oh, absolutely, I think Leicester City will be shopping in that sort of uh, area themselves this summer. So we'll see. But West Ham first up. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. One game at a time is the old mantra, and it's uh, down to the London Stadium. And it's been in, some interesting visits there since West Ham moved to their uh, their state. Well, I think I suppose it's a state paid for <laughs> stadium, isn't it? Um, the London Stadium, interesting place. The fans didn't really take to it. Haven't really taken to it, but their form. Uh, on home soil it's been a lot better this season they've been up and down like most sides have in the mid-table areas but um, at home they've looked like they've settled down a little bit now and this is going to be a test for City yeah I think they've settled down and I think there's a, a, a more of an appreciation for the stadium itself mainly because all the fans seem like they're behind Pellegrini I think Pellegrini's yeah. restored a little bit of faith from the fans in the team um, and, and that's not really a surprise because he's a very good manager uh, and they've got some very good players as well um, I think Arnautovic is a very good player although he might not play this weekend because I know he's you know, had injury problems Lanzini's uh, one has always impressed me yes yeah, so yeah, and he's got injury problems as well so yeah, I think he hobbled off um, in their defeat to Manchester United last weekend so yeah there's a few decent players there but certainly they seem a lot more organised at the back since Pellegrini came in um, How much of an impact do you think Declan Rice has, ma- has made to them then, they're defensively? Because he sits in front of that back four, he started as a centre-back, now he's playing as a defensive midfielder and he seems to be key to how they play now. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably the key, the fact that he started as a centre-back because I think you, you then have a better idea of what, what a centre-back wants from a defensive midfielder. Um, but yeah, I think he's, you know, he's, he's been very good, he was certainly good worth for his England appearance. I, I didn't see too much of him in that that um, his first England caps that that said oh he's going to be an England regular, but obviously he's still very young. Um, yeah, certainly he's he certainly is a very good player. Um, I'm sure he's the the sort of player that Rodgers wouldn't mind at Leicester, but I think Leicester have a with you know in comparison to Indeedy, Indeedy's more of a an all action defensive midfielder. I think Rice is you know is composed on the ball and he he, he mops up and he's he's tidy. Indeed, he's getting getting the tackles in, you know, extending his legs and and stealing the ball from the opposition. Playing on the edge sometimes, yes, will, doesn't yeah. he? Um, so yeah, there's a difference there, but I think yeah, Rice is is clearly a very good player, and I think for someone like Madison, I think Rice will be on Madison. He'll know the sorts of positions that he's going to take up. So it could be um, be interesting to see how Madison manages to get round him. And of course, either Madison or Tielemans could have a little job to do as well. When City haven't got the ball, yeah, to sit on Rice because it seems like everything goes through him. So we'll um, we'll see how what happens on on Saturday, and you can follow all the action through uh, Jordan's live blog on Leicestershire Live as well on Saturday. But let's talk about uh, the London Stadium because I I go back to Upton Park and used to go there, and it used to be in a really intimidating place to go, not just inside the stadium but outside as well. You know, it wasn't one of those that you look forward to on away trips. Um, good atmosphere though there was always a good atmosphere inside the ground um, but they were obviously very hostile it's been a little bit different since they moved there that they've lost that sort of that fervent sort of support base because they've all been scattered around a very large uh, stadium and we saw it manifest itself this frustration last season with a few fans running on the yeah. pitch and uh, disrupting the games and I'm expecting a bit different though this time I imagine though that's never too far away and it's all be, probably been Brendan's 
team talk about getting the uh, the home fans on the backs of their players pretty quickly by making a, fr- a, a fast start. There's always that potential. It's a bit like Newcastle in that way. There's always that potential you can get the home fans turned against their own team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it is about the, the fast start. I think if certainly if you get an early goal, then frustration starts to build if they then can't get back into the game, or there doesn't seem to be an easy route back into the game. Um, I don't think they'll probably. I don't think they'll be as on edge as maybe as they have been in previous seasons. One because they've been playing a little bit better. They did pretty well uh, at United last week. I thought. Um, I think there's a sense that maybe because it's coming towards the end of the season that I think fans in general are a little bit more relaxed. There's not as much riding on the results. Everyone's kind of. I think I know we say about players are having their flip flops on already. I think. There's maybe even a sense of that from the fans and that everyone's kind of looking forward to the summer. Um, certainly, it's an interesting game. I think the Leicester, it's an important one for Leicester in that their final three games, there's no expectations to get any points. So you would say, do they need to get some points from this one to make sure it's not a, a real disastrous end mm. uh, to the season? Although saying that, I still think they could, they could quite easily get points against Arsenal and Chelsea at home. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's interesting. I've never been to the London Stadium before. I know you've been there a couple of oh, times. Oh, it's impressive. It's, Obviously, it's the yeah. home, the former home of the uh, of the London Olympics. Um, so, you know, it's it's very impressive uh, around the the stadium as well. It certainly has a more friendly appeal than the old Upton Park bowling ground uh, used to have. Um, but you now it's going to be there's going to be problems as well for City fans. We we've got to discuss this a little bit. Um, it's Easter weekend and they've shut in Euston Station for works, so it's going to mean uh, a few problems for fans that use the trains. Uh, not so much from Leicester, but from the surrounding, from uh, Nuneaton and places like that. Uh, that yeah, any, rugby, any yeah. rugby, any of that line that goes into London, so you've got to find alternatives, and and it could also mean a bit of congestion as well on the roads as well. So um, Leicester fans travelling to uh, London Stadium, give yourselves plenty of time and 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 take care. It's, it's always annoying when they do the. I know why they do it because it's a holiday weekend. They don't expect a lot of people to be travelling for for work and that. But it's annoying, isn't it, for football fans? It always seems it's to be always the football fans. fans that get affected. Yeah, yeah. we we see it, don't we? When you know, closing motorways, late closing at motorways night, yeah. late at night, well, in midweek games. That's yeah, that's another one that that annoys everyone. But um, I think the football fans. They've learned to get learned to get used to it. To be honest, yeah, brilliant. Well, you can follow all the action, as I said, through Jordan's live blog on Leicestershire Live. We've also got all the build-up stories, more of what Brendan said today, the press conference, and uh, I'll also be joining you for a live Q and A on Friday ahead of the game at one o'clock. So, if anybody wants to submit their questions, you can do so on Leicestershire Live. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time.